Hi, this is Pastor Jim. Thanks for joining us for this week's message from Riverside Church. I believe you will be inspired and blessed by the Word of God. We'd love to welcome you to one of our services next time you're in the Brisbane area. If you'd like to know more about us, go online at www.riversidecc.org.au or like us on Facebook to hear about up-and-coming events. I hope you enjoy the message. God bless you. I want you to turn in your Bibles this morning um, to the um, book of Romans. And I want to um, talk about, uh, um, well, before you go to the book of Romans, I want you to turn to the, to the book of Psalms. And we're going to be reading Psalm 139. Lord, I just thank you for, for your house today. I thank you for Riverside Church and for the beautiful people that are here today. I thank you, Lord, that you're not a faraway God. You're next to me, God. You're the God who whispers in our ear. The voice behind us saying, this is the way. Walk ye in it. And you're a forever Father. You're a forever God. And Lord, I thank you that what we have is permanent, powerful, and it's eternal. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. In Psalms 139, I want to just read a scripture there. Gosh, someone took Psalms out of my Bible. Oh, there it is right here. Praise the Lord. How many people have I not met before? Give me a wave. Praise God. I know most of you from being here, and I really feel it's a privilege to be a little part of your journey as a church, and and, uh, it's a great joy. I think we've had times on Zoom and everything, so it's been beautiful. But uh, Psalm 139 speaks about the book of your life. And it says there in verse 13, For you formed my inward parts, you covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Dropping down to verse 16, Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed, and in your book they were all written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. How precious are your thoughts towards me. How great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they would be more in number than the sand from all the beaches in all the world. When I awake, I'm still with you. I want to speak about the book of your life. That before you were born, God wrote up the sum of your days and he had a plan and understood what he wanted to do in your life. It also says in Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the thoughts and plans I have for you. Plans for good, not for anything evil, to give you the future you hoped for. Amen? So God already, before you were born, um, knew what he wanted to do in your life. And uh, that thoughts and plans, that word plans is the word mahashabah in the Greek, and it means intricately woven designs. So you're not just a random haphazard. Thank God that the Lord God is not an Aussie. (laughs) It wasn't a she'll be right, mate. We'll just see how you go. He has intricately woven plans for your life and my life. And so um, he knew what he wanted to do. This Bible is a collection of stories and accounts of people's lives. And uh, the Lord, he's a wonderful um, uh, uh, author. And, um, and so I want us to have a look at the story. What's the story of your life? And we're going to go to Romans chapter 8. And in Romans chapter 8, it says, For we um, know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to your, his purpose for whom he foreknow, he predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. And I want you to see that that called according to his purpose in the Greek is the word prothesis. 
And the word thesis is story, account, description of a life, a topic. But the word pro in the Greek is actually the word pre in English. The pre-written story of your life. God already designed. He already thought it out. Praise God. He already thought it out. Amen. Um, has someone got a pen I could borrow? Just a handy. Oh, here we go. Thank you, sir. Great. I'm going to keep it for the service. Is that all right? Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. I meant to bring mine up. <laughs> and, um, and so uh, it also says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, that we are his workmanship in Christ. He measured in advance before we were even born. That word um, workmanship means masterpiece. Philippians 1, 6 has been confident of this very thing that he that has begun a good work will continue it. Continue writing the story of your life until the day of Jesus Christ. You are God's narrative. He's the potter, we're the clay. Amen? But I want to say out of the word prothesis, pre-written story, we also have a derivative of that word. We get the word uh, prosthetic. Prosthetic. And a prosthetic is actually a device or artificial body part designed to restore use to the particular part of that body. And so built into your plan, God has a restored plan into your, into your, into your life. But unlike human prosthetics, what God has is a masterpiece. And when he replaces something, he transforms it into something better. So God has got an amazing plan for your life. And so uh, also before God promotes you, he actually allows you to be tested. And the Bible says, count it all joy, my brethren, when you go through divers trials and tests and pressures, temptations. For the trial of your life, tests are more precious. The trial of your faith is more precious than gold. So you're not on trial. Your faith is being tested. Faith that's not tested is not worth much. Who knows, you can always praise God when there's money in the bank, everybody's speaking well of you, you're having a happy, clappy time. But I want to say when the chips are down, when things are turned against you, will you praise him then? As uh, Pastor Pavey was saying, will you sing, O Baron? When you haven't seen the breakthrough, when you haven't seen the birth, will you sing? And so God will allow us to be tested. And in fact, um, you know, uh, even David said, before I was afflicted, I went astray. And uh, many are the afflictions of the righteous. So God allows our lives to be tested also. And um, there is going to be a better side to this message. <laughs> uh, but in, I want to read in Ecclesiastes chapter 7. There are seven better, better thans. And this chapter actually is talking about when bad is better. There was a, a story about a Mongolian farmer who lived on the border. And uh, he actually, um, near China there, and he actually had a... Um, he had a, a white uh, um, a stallion, a horse, and, uh, and um, he had a, a young son. And one day that, that horse broke over the fence and actually was, went into the uh, neighboring area of China. And um, then the neighbors came around and said, oh, that's really bad news. You lost your horse. And the farmer said, how do you know it's bad news? Could be good news. And so about two weeks later, the horse came galloping back and had right beside him this brilliant beautiful um you know um brown mare and uh so now he's got you know a, a brood mare as well as the stallion and and the neighbors come around and says yeah this is great this is good news you know 
uh, you've got, you've got uh, an extra horse. And he said, how do you know it's good news? Could be bad news. <laughs> well, um, uh, a little bit later, his son was um, breaking in the horse and riding the horse and, and um, he actually fell off and broke his leg. And uh, everybody came around and said, man, that's bad, that's bad luck, bad news. You know, your son's got a broken leg now. And he, the farmer said, how do you know it's bad news? Could be good news. A few, uh, a few weeks later, war broke out with uh, China and that area. And everybody, all the young men in that village were conscripted except the young boy because he had a broken leg. I want to say, give God time to set the record straight. How do you know it's bad news? Because Ecclesiastes says a good name is better than precious ointment. The day of death better than the day of one's birth. Better to go to the house of mourning than to house of feasting, for that is the end of all men. Verse 3, sorrow is better than laughter, for by a sad countenance the heart is made better. The heart of the wise is in the house of mourning, but the heart of fools is in the house of mirth. Better to hear the rebuke of the wise than for a man to hear the song of fools. For like the crackling of thorns under the pot, so is the laughter of a fool. You know, that's the crackling, that a quick burn and it's gone. Just gets the fire going. And um, the end of a thing is better than the beginning. And patient in spirit is better than the proud in spirit. Verse 10, do not say, why were the former days better than this? For you do not inquire wisely. Wisdom is good and with it brings an inheritance. You know, David said, before I was afflicted, I went astray. And I don't know about you, but if I get on a plane, I want to know that that, that pilot is not some, you know, um, you know, uh, you know, young bloke in a nice uniform who says, you know, I've always wanted to be a pilot, love the uniform, love the look and the status. And, you know, I went to, I went to, through all the courses, I, I dropped out at the end there, but, um, you know, uh, I've always wanted to be a pilot and how hard could it be to find cans? <laughs> You know, we'd all abandon ship. We'd be, I want the pilot that's flown through storms. I've had a few operations. I want, the, I want the surgeon that's faced some difficulties, that maybe he's got spectacles and losing his hair, but he knows how to do that operation. I don't want some fair weather, try hard. I want someone who's done the hard yards. And God is releasing and has, I believe this church is in the hands of true trouble, tried and tested hands of purity of heart. Amen? I want to say, you know, a show pony is different from a war horse. I believe you've got two war horses that know how to break through. Amen? Praise the Lord. God bless you for that. And so um, I want to talk about the, 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 the circumstances and the story, that, uh, the story of your life. Because God has a plan in the midst of all these circumstances we go through. And the story can never change the story. Only the author can change the story. And so I want to just uh, give you an example. Um, I stole an example of Bob Sorge, and I've tweaked it, so it's mine now. <laughs> just say this is uh, the story, a book of, of your life. It's actually called The Destiny Switch. Hmm. Anyway, the story of your life. And uh, so this is your story, and... You know, it's, uh, it's got the first chapter, New Beginnings. Great. Yes. Awesome. Next. Favor. Wonderful chapter. Increase. Yes, Jesus. Amen. Increase. New job. Yes. Praise the Lord. 
What's this chapter? Rejection. No, that's not meant to be in my book. No, I don't, I don't do rejection. COVID. No, that wasn't meant to be in my story. And blessings, yes. Breakthrough. What? Lost my home. What was that about? No, that's not going to be in my story either. We start to be amazing editors. Financial increase, yes. Floods. Floods, no. It's not meant to be in my book. <laughs> Twice, okay then, yeah. <laughs> and, and we're in danger sometimes of get, entering heaven with just the covers, you know, and just a few chapters. What's this? Trouble in my family. No. Promotion. Yeah, travel. Divorce. Where did that come from? That was never. I don't know where to put that, Lord. And we, we don't process things. We just move on and it just doesn't add up. And what happens is um, we come, become these amazing editors. But I want to encourage you today to trust God because he took it all. I ask you to stay in the process and put the chapters back in. Because Jesus Christ took every one of those chapters to the cross and he smashed the power of grief and he destroyed the power of rejection. He broke the power of poverty. He broke the power of heartache. He destroyed divorce. He destroyed those things. I want to say what happens is, because you're thinking, well, if you're the author, what on earth was that? Because who knows, divorce was never created in heaven. Who knows, brokenheartedness was never created in heaven. You know, definitely cancer would never came from heaven. But sometimes, you see, we take the pen out of the author's hand and we start to write our own narrative. Well, I'm, th I'm just going to move there. I'm, th I'm just going to marry that woman. I'm going to marry that man. I'm going to change jobs. I think I'm going to drop out of church for a while. I think I'm... And what happens is we start writing our own narrative. And what is worse is Satan comes and snatches the pen. He starts to write a few chapters. Writes the chapter of divorce. Writes the chapter of a broken heart. And he cuts off part of our inheritance. He cuts off part of our story. But as I said earlier, the word prethesis has in it the prosthetic, the transforming power of God, that as we put the pen back in the author's hand and we take those chapters that we, you know, sometimes when you go through grief, the word grief means death comes to the heart and you might move on, but part of you died back there. Part of your hope in God died back there and you start to dumb down the expectation 
start to dumb it down. Well, thank you, God, that I'm going to heaven. Thank you, Jesus, that my sins are forgiven. But I don't know if I can reach out and be as excited about the future. Because, God, I didn't expect to walk through that. And then we start to get an attitude that says, God, if you really love me, why did you let it happen? And he's saying, if you'll trust me and put the chapter back in. If you'll trust me, watch me give you back something far greater. But how do you redeem tragedy? You saw Naomi coming back to the village after her husband died. Her son died. Her next son died. And all she has now is one daughter-in-law from Moab. That was not even a covenant woman. And they said, here's Naomi. Her name means pleasant. She said, don't call me pleasant. Call me bitter. Because I went out full. And the Lord has brought me back empty. Actually, no, her husband chose to leave the house of bread because there was a famine. Don't check out just because you're going through a tough time. Because they went down to Moab where there was business that a husband could work in. And down in Moab, that's where the husband died, the sons died. So she's coming back. Don't call me pleasant, call me bitter. But her daughter-in-law, Ruth, has made a covenant decision to follow the Lord. And she started, there was no, there was no center link back then. And so what they did for the very, very poor was that when the people were, 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 were harvesting the grain, they said, don't harvest to the corners. Leave the corners for the very poor. And they would come after the reapers and scavenge the leftovers. And Ruth, who was a, a young woman who probably could have went off and got married, she decided she would look after Naomi. So she was a, you could say, a fruit picker and a carer for that stage in her life. And she's just getting the little handfuls of leftovers. But God had a plan for Naomi that involved Ruth. And as Ruth gleaned, happened to, happened to be in the field of the richest redeemer, man, Boaz, who noticed Ruth, who noticed the hard work, who asked after her, said, glean in this field only, I'll protect you. And as the, as the journey unfolded and, they, and they, they got married, the Bible says as, as uh, Ruth, who was barren up to that time, gave birth to a child once she married Boaz. And all the women in the village celebrated and said, Naomi has a son because they got Naomi to come and live with them and they got Naomi to raise that boy and Naomi had an incredible bond with this little child and only God knows how to redeem your tragedy. Only God knows how to heal your heart when you've had a broken heart. And that little boy who was the beginning of the lineage of Christ in the earth, Obed, God chose Naomi to raise him for Ruth. And they said, Naomi has a son because literally God knew how to fill her heart. Amen. As we put the pen back in the hand of the author and we trust him. And I say, put the chapter back in. I know it's hard because you, I don't want to even think about that. That means we haven't processed it. Lord, you give beauty for ashes. I'm putting the chapter back in. I want you to stay in the story because the better thans are coming. And the true outcome God wants to release, God will complete that chapter. Because on the other heart of a broken heart, a new heart I'll put within you, the Bible says. On the other side of cancer is a testimony of healing. On the other side of tragedy, there's beauty for ashes and a new beginning. On the other side of divorce, a new heart I'll put within you.
a fresh vision. I know what it is to go through tragedy. I, in my family line, we had a lot of um, struggles in my parents' life. And, and um, my mom, she came from a family where uh, there was uh, a number of suicides. And so when she struggled, and I was young, five of us kids, she had a couple of suicide attempts. And, and then my own dad, they were, they were having such battle in their marriage struggles. And us five kids, three chronic asthmatics. And, and when my father um, tried to do the same thing in the bath and the ambulance came in and they were moving furniture out of the way to get the um, you know, trolley and to, to take him out. And, and, um, and my mother, so bitter and upset in life, was walking behind them saying, uh, well, he couldn't even make a good job of that. It was a, a, a stronghold over our family. And I want to say that uh, my dad got saved before he passed away. My mum got saved before she passed away. But there was this, there was this stronghold. And, you know, aunt, uh, an auntie had died. An uncle had died. I, um, two aunties, actually. And, and uh, I know when um, it affected, you know, members in our family. And I was in Adelaide ministering down there in a church. And I was in the ha little, um, there's a manse next to the church. And, and the, uh, so I was there. And, uh, and I forgot to turn my mobile phone off. And who knows, a phone call it. Midnight is not going to be a good thing. My daughter rang up and she, I said, what are you ringing for? The kid's all right. The grandkid's all right. The kid's all right. She said, no, mum, it's, it's Uncle Rob, my little younger brother. Five of us kids. He was the second youngest. He struggled with depression, struggled with the effects of family. You see, he knew Jesus. He loved Jesus. He had agoraphobia. He had, um, you know, mixing up addiction to prescription drugs and depression, and he struggled. And she said, Mum, it's, it's Uncle Robbie. He's, he's gone. The police have run. And, and, you know, that chapter, I didn't know what to do with. What, what do you do with that? One I was closest to. And so I, I said, can you get me on a plane tomorrow afternoon? And in the morning, I didn't say anything. I just got through the service and... When I finished, I called the pastor over and I said, I have to go home. We've had a death in the family. And um, I want you to know, only God can supernaturally heal a tragedy like that, a loss. Maybe you're here today and you've lost your life's partner, your husband, your wife. I want you to know God's the healer of the brokenhearted. And the Bible says that Jesus is the friend that sticks closer than a brother. And as I walked through that time where I couldn't even drive past the the, the very, um, you know, turn off to where he lived without, without, I've got to think about something else. Don't think about it. Don't, don't think about it. Because it wasn't easy to process. But Jesus is the friend that sticks closer than a brother. And he began to show me um, through people that would come and say, oh, I had a vision about your brother. You know, I saw him, um, I saw him in heaven in the libraries of heaven. Well, I said, did you know that he was writing a book? He said, no, no, he had this great goal to write a book. He was in the midst of, had all these notebooks around him scribbling. Another person had a dream and said, I saw your brother and he was looking in this beautiful crystal pool and saying, I'm beautiful. I'm beautiful. Well, what they didn't know was my brother hated mirrors. He hated looking at himself in a mirror. He'd wear this cap pulled down. He said, I'm just a funny little man, Faye. I said, no, you're not. We love you. The family loves you. But he's in heaven knowing he's beautiful to the saviour. 
And I know when he was with me on earth, he would often pray for me. He'd ring up and say, Faye, one time he rang up, he said, Faye, be careful this week. I've been praying for you, oh, but particularly on the road, be careful. And sure enough, it was raining. I'm going to the church prayer meeting and I ran up the back of a car. <laughs> but I didn't get hurt. They didn't get hurt. But thank God for his prayers. And I don't know why. But all I know is God healed my heart. And there is part of my heart in heaven. And I say when I'm going to witness to someone, Lord, I've got the souls that Robbie didn't get to lead to the Lord. I've got a double inheritance. And if I'm sitting next to someone on a plane and I feel a bit awkward and, you know, it's never easy to kind of like just start chatting to a stranger and telling them they're going to hell. No, sorry. <laughs> Have you heard the expression turn or burn? Let me explain it. No. <laughs> no, but, you know, I love to share the gospel. But, you know, I'll say, I'll say in my heart, Lord, tell Robbie this one's for him. And I'll just share the gospel. What is the chapter that you need to put back in and let God give you something far greater back? I believe God has given me authority over the spirit of suicide to break off people's lives. God doesn't like bad endings. He doesn't. He's got blockbusters. He does bring out great stories. I was over in Perth and um, it was in between some meetings and myself and two other older ladies so let's go to the movies today. And so we, we went to the movies and got a ticket, uh, tickets and we we're having coffee, waiting for the movie. I asked the young girl at the theatre, I said, have you seen this movie? And, and uh, she I said, does that have a good ending? I will not watch a movie with that, with that doesn't have a good ending. I said, does it have a good ending? And she goes, uh-huh. I said, uh-oh, that's it, back to the box office. I said, we want to change our tickets. We want to watch something different. What else is on? Only thing was Fast and Furious. <laughs> There's three older ladies in the theatre with all these rev heads, you know. <laughs> I came home and said to my kids, you know, Vin Diesel's pretty cool. <laughs> Financial loss. God wants to finish that chapter with abundance. And not only that, he wants to write new chapters. And I believe today he wants to write new chapters in your book. But trust him and put the chapter back in because he's the only one who can change the story. Where Satan tried to cut off your future and cut off your inheritance, God says that he has built into that purpose and plan a restored plan already. He knew ahead of time that that would happen. He's gone before you to make the crooked places straight. So he's adding chapters now. And I believe he's adding a chapter called New Joy. Amen? A chapter called Abundant Provision. A chapter called Wide Open Doors of Opportunity. A chapter called Flourish. Amen. And I believe that conference, Flourish, was prophetic. And he has a divine script. And today, if you trust him, he's going to start to add some new things that you, maybe there's some things that didn't add up. You know, it says in Psalm 105 of Joseph, of Psalm 105, Joseph, it says, until the word of the Lord came to pass. The Bible, the Word of God, tested and tried and chafed Joseph. And his feet were put in iron until his soul was impacted by the iron. And he got steel in his backbone in the con contradiction of God is so good. Why is this happening? If God has promises for me, why can't I see them happening? I want you to know, trust God, hold on, because it's going to get a whole lot better. Amen? It's going to get a whole lot better. And it says there, 
it says that Pharaoh sent for him and he went from being a, a man in prison to someone who consulted the parliamentarians of the day, who led that nation in a time of famine, second to Pharaoh, and he came to such a place of favour, promotion. He married a woman called Asenath and he had two children. One was called Manasseh, which means God has made me to forget all of my suffering in the land of affliction. And the second child was called Ephraim, which is double fruitfulness. And forgetfulness always precedes fruitfulness. And this morning, I believe God wants to continue the story of your life. And he has a great plan. He is not into bad endings, but he will maximize your life to produce his story in the midst of your story. Can we stand right now? And as you're coming, I just want to, um, the musician's coming. I just want to share one last story. And there's a royal palace in Tehran. And the architect there specifically asked for huge sheets of mirrors on the walls. When the first shipment arrived from Paris, the mirrors were shattered. The contractor threw the pieces in the rubbish and brought the sad news to the architect, who said, collect all the broken pieces, smash them into tiny little pieces and a brilliant, beautiful mosaic of silvery, shimmering pieces of glass flashing like diamonds caused this palace to become one of the most beautiful mosaics in the world, broken to become beautiful. And I believe God wants to make all things beautiful in its time and season. And he beautifies the meek with salvation. And today, maybe you're sitting outside the gate, beautiful. And God wants to walk you in through those gates. Yes, God can turn your family around. God can turn your marriage around. God can turn your finances around and make you glad in proportion to the years you suffered affliction. Maybe there's been a delay, but I have found that God can take whatever season you're in and turn it into the most packed, blessed, amazing years that you say, look what the Lord has done. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. The Bible says the sufferings of this present moment are nothing to be compared to the glory that's about to be revealed. Amen. You're ready to exchange light afflictions for light reflectors in your life to be part of his story, showing forth the greatness of God. He's the same yesterday, today and forever. And he wants to display his goodness through you and make you a testimony and an advertisement to the world. Look what the Lord has done and this is the goodness of God and that people would come running to his goodness in your life. He gets no glory in bad endings. He gets great glory in great endings. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Right now, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here today and you've been invited by a spouse, by a family member, you just uh, decided to come today. The Bible says it's given unto man once to die and after that the judgment. And every one of us will stand before Christ. And the only thing you and I will be asked is what did you do with the free gift of eternal life? The death of a sinless son of God so that you could have a new heart because only a new heart can enter heaven. And you might, you might have been a good person. You never robbed a bank. You never hurt anyone. But if you've sinned one time, if you've told one lie, if you've got angry once, 
No sin can enter heaven. And the only thing that washes away sin is a sinless sacrifice, which is Jesus Christ. It's not, it's not cheap, but it is free. And all it takes is our agreement to say, yes, Lord, I would like to receive a new heart. I would like to receive the, the amazing gift of eternal life. And so all I'm going to ask with every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's you today, and you would like to ask Jesus into your heart, all I'm going to ask you to do is slip up your hand till I see it, and I'm going to get you to put it down. That's all I'm going to ask you to do. Because Jesus Christ died on a cross naked. And he said, if you accept me when you're with men, I'll accept you before my Father in heaven. But if you deny me, there's no, nothing else he's got left to do. He wants to give you a new heart. So today, very quickly, in the next 30 seconds, if that's you, just lift up your hand. God bless you, darling. You can put your hand down. Anyone else today? Don't overlook this time. I actually flew over Christchurch in a helicopter soon after that earthquake and saw the de devastation, heard the stories. God bless you, sir. That's amazing. I heard the stories about people that actually went to work that day and didn't know it was their last. Someone walked out of a shop and the ground opened up. And in the middle of Christchurch, there's a memorial, about 159 chairs, I think it is. God bless you, sir. That's brilliant. You can put your hand down now. I see that hand and Jesus sees that hand. That's awesome. And there are 159 white chairs. There are white there's wheelchairs, high chairs, armchairs, sitting chairs. But they represent every life that day that thought they had forever. They had the next of it. The Bible says if you hear his voice, don't put it off. Don't put it off. And so one last time, thank God for those two that have raised their hand. Anyone else, don't miss out tonight. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Well, we're going to pray a prayer together out loud to the, with those two precious ones that raised their hand. And we're going to pray all together with them. And we're going to pray a prayer that I would like you to make it from your heart today. Dear Lord Jesus, I open up the door of my life. And I ask you to come in to be my Lord and to be my Savior. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I receive you now. And thank you, Jesus, that you said, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. So thank you, Jesus, that I'm born again. I'm a new person and I belong to you and you belong to me. Amen, Lord, I thank you. I ask you to bless those two precious ones today. Just ask them today, today just Lord, that you would bless each one. And, uh, you know, there's a journey you begin when you ask Jesus into your heart. And, and the pastors here would have some literature and maybe some counseling to, to, to walk forward and to progress in that journey. So God bless you if you want to see the pastor afterwards. And, and uh, this, this church is everybody here, most everybody have prayed that prayer and given their life to Jesus right now. I just want to pray corporately, and, um, and then I'm going to stay available for prayer. But right now, if you may be like me, I, I think there are people here that you've had some unbelievable chapters. You don't know the sufferings of others. But if there's something that you got stuck in, and you, and you, 
you couldn't process it in God. It was like, I'm just going to pretend that never happened. I'm going to try not to think about it because there's no, I want to heal it. And I want to give you a divine exchange. And I want you to walk forward with a restored purpose, with a restored plan. Because if part of us are stuck there, we can't fulfill our complete destiny. Amen. So all I'm going to ask you to do, if you've got a chapter like I have had, I had lots of chapters. But maybe you've got one chapter. Maybe you've got a season where, you know, work shut down and you went through a really difficult time and it made you feel you know, shame or inferiority and God wants to break those things off our life. So if you've got a chapter, I just want you to lift your hand today. And all over, I believe God's going to touch people's lives. He's going to touch people's hearts. Amen. And he's going to bring great restoration and he's got a divine supernatural script. Amen. He is the author and the finisher. He He's authorizing new chapters. He's authorizing restoration, transformation, beauty for ashes. Father, right now, you see these precious people. You see the, the, some of the chapters that, that they've had to walk through, the, the pain and the difficulty, the contradictions, the things that, that, that shook their faith and, and asked questions. God, I just pray right now, I take authority over every, every lie of the enemy that came in and said that God didn't care and God wasn't able. I break the power of fear that things won't change. I break the power of fear that I'll always have a broken heart. I'll always be alone. I break the lie of the enemy. I question the goodness of God. And I thank you, Lord, that you have shown us through your word that you took the most devastating suffering of Job and turned it around, that there were none so fair as the daughters and the children of Job who flourished and prospered and was restored to such a place of divine transformation. There's nothing that you can't transform. There's nothing that you can't turn around. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I just pray for each one. Just put your hand over your heart. For the Lord would say, not only do I put a new heart within you, and it's a heart of flesh, and you're going to know what it is to feel born again again, for it is a new beginning, and it's a new season, and I'm activating the dreaming component in your life, and I'm taking those broken pieces, I'm taking those situations, and I'm turning them around to be a mosaic, to reflect my greatness and goodness, and you're going to know that I've even saved the best wine till now. And the best time till now, till now. For I'll make you glad in proportion to the years you walk through affliction. But know this day that I love you with an everlasting love. And with age-old loving kindness do I draw you to myself. And you're going to know that because of those afflictions, there is now a door of promotion. There is now a new door of opportunity. There is a, an opening of the double doors of favour. So enter into the glory zone. Come into the throne zone. But God says, I've brought you into the very innermost, um, innermost part of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. For when Jesus died, humanity entered the Godhead. For I always desired for you to be part and one with us as family. For Jesus is the firstborn of many brethren. So you do belong. You belong in the very throne room of grace with me. And I'm pouring out abundant grace. I'm pouring out amazing grace, says the Lord. And watch me while I turn your story 
into a breakthrough testimony of the glory of God. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening today. I hope you subscribe to the podcast so you can be inspired weekly. God bless and have a great day.